You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover. California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. How's it going, fuckos? Um, I'm recording a little recap to Vegas. This is the day three recap. I have a little bit of sniffles because my body's working all the casino smoke out of my nose. Um, pretty cool guys day three came in and or came around and i went in i went in hot and uh uh it was pretty cool i ended up getting my 300 which got me into the lucky dog shoot off which is something that i've wanted to do ever since i heard about the lucky dog shoot off i was always hoping that one day i'd be good enough to get to it and now I'm hoping someday I'll be good enough to just glide right by it, but <laughs> I made it. Um, interesting thing, guys. On day three, uh, I was just as nervous as the other days. But, you know, the first day is when I had my miss, and I was telling my... Oh, I figured out right away what the problem was. If you guys listen to the last two recap episodes, it, I'd talk about it. Um but part of it is like the way you go into your shot. And this could be like a metaphor for life. What? But if you go into your shot thinking, I'm going to fight this release to get a good shot to go, then you better believe it. The shot's going to be more difficult. So on Sunday, I went into shooting and I had this funny phrase. <laughs> or it was like this funny like thing popped into my head where I, I was like, dude, you need to talk to your release. And so before sh- uh, shooting started, I picked up my release and I said, I'm going to make sweet love to you for <laughs> 30 arrows and, and we're not going to fight. And sure enough, every one of those arrows went off really fucking good. It was almost like the release was working for me and I wasn't fighting it or battling it. And it was all because of this funny thing, this thing that every time I said it made me chuckle, right? It changed the energy around what I had to do. And it was such a cool thing to do, like to shift gears and put yourself in a whole different seat. I was no longer someone who had to deal with something. I was now in control of this, like this thing that was happening. So, I proceeded to just hammer down really good shots. I shot my highest X count on Sunday. I shot a 24X 300, which is like a little under my practice average, but God damn it, it's in Vegas, you know? Um, every arrow, except for my very last arrow, very last arrow, you better believe it, the nerves were on. I could feel it. I, you know, admittedly, I 
punched the shit out of the trigger and it landed, you know, halfway into the tin, which is good enough. Um, made it to the lucky dog shoot, you know, fast forward a little bit right after we were done shooting, they were like, okay, that's all the two ninety nines or the, what was it? Five ninety nines or no, eight ninety nines after, after we were done. They're like lucky dog shoot off starts now. <laughs> so it's so funny because me and Austin were totally tied and they ended up putting us right next to each other on different bales. So we got to like <laughs> hold each other's hands basically <laughs> while all this was going on. And, um, I had to shoot a guy on my bales. Name was like Bludjowski. It was like the craziest name. The dude had like 40 ounces of weight on his bow. He was in the first round of guys eliminated. Me and Austin both shot X's. Everyone else shot X's. Or a bunch of people shot X's. A bunch of people were eliminated. Second round came around. They called it Inside Out X only. I shot Inside Out X. Uh, you know, I just executed a good shot. I figure if it was good, you know. And it, if it hit X, if it wasn't Inside Out, oh well, I can't be mad at that. Well, it turns out I piped it inside out. Uh, Austin hit an X, but not inside out, so he got eliminated. And then while they were looking around, they were like, holy crap, is Wendell the only guy that got it? And then I think it was Cody Sites or someone was like, bud, you might have just won the lucky dog. And so I was all freaking out, and like the hair on my arms was standing up, and I was like, holy shit, holy shit. And then uh, a ref came down and said, oh, no, there's one more. And so I had to shoot off against one other guy for Lucky Dog. And wouldn't you fucking guess it? With my luck, I get I draw Stefan Hansen. Stefan Hansen is the other guy going down for Lucky Dog. So <sighs> I figure in my mind, I I kind of I thought, okay, this can go down any number of ways. It's any dog's day, as I always say. But it's either gonna be. You know, we both shoot X's, not inside out, on the first round. And on the second round, I might be able to get him. Or he might get me on the second. Considering we both just shot inside out X's. So, I take a shot. It lands 11 o'clock X. Not inside out. He shoots a shot. It is inside out dead center. You know, Braden Galantine shits his pants screaming. Uh, because, of course, you know, the established pros keep a little guy out again but um it was nuts it was nuts Stefan made a really good shot and he sent me packing so it was a crazy cool experience it was really neat getting to stand on the same line as you know guys that we see on on YouTube or on TV is it's pretty freaking cool uh you know I wish I could have made it of course who wouldn't but um at that time I made I made the best shot I could. So it's not like I'm going to live in regret and be like, oh, I should have made a better shot. No, I made the best shot I could. So I left it all out there. And I think when you leave it all out there, there's no room to be disappointed. You know what I mean? So anyway, that's how that shook out. Um, It's kind of neat. The last time I shot an 899 in Vegas was in flights. And... I was pretty much shooting full-time. Not like Angus Moss full-time, who, you know, claims that he's paid to be shot, you know, paid to shoot full-time. Or whatever he claims. I don't know if he actually claims that, but... 
I was shooting full time on top of working full time. I would work and then I'd go to the range and shoot until bedtime. And that's when I shot the 899. Now I feel like I just did that same thing in Vegas. Only I did it flipped, right? The first time I shot the 899, I missed my last arrow. This time I missed my first arrow. It was it might have been my second arrow, but it was on my first end, right? Um if you want to make the lucky dog and you drop an arrow early on, the pressure is kind of on to not miss. I had a, a weird mixed thing where it was like, there's no pressure because I've pretty much blew the shoot off. But there is pressure considering if I drop one more, I don't even get a chance at the lucky dog. So it was kind of crazy because I saw dudes get their heart broken twice. Like everyone on my bail, the first time they dropped one, it was like, oh, that's it. And then when they dropped the second arrow, they were like, oh, there's no coming back. That's it for reals. So pretty cool. Um, I shot the, uh, I shot that lucky dog with my 27s and not skinny arrows. I know a bunch of people were bringing skinny arrows for like the 10K shoot off, which is exactly the same as the lucky dog. But, um, you know, Mark Rubio kind of made a point by telling me like, "Hey, your your arrow, your bow is tuned for fat arrows. You throw skinnies on there, you're really taking a chance." And I didn't believe him, and I shot the skinny arrow for um, the 10k shoot off. Was not a good idea. I would have been better off just shooting fatties. So there's something for you guys, unless you have a spot hog swap that you you know is all tuned up for that other arrow. You're probably better off just shooting the arrow that your bow's tuned for. I'm pretty sure Stefan Hansen shot that inside out with a 27 also. So props to him. Uh, if you guys watch the shoot, Bodie crushed it. Sergio Pagni uh, had a little bit of a mishap in the top when he was like the one of the last three guys. He shot his arrow into the ground, kind of, kind of like flung it. That was sad. Um, what else? That girl, Liko, smashed all the women again. It's nuts. <clears throat> it's like kids are just fucking destroying adults at archery right now. This is unacceptable. <laughs> I kind of had this idea where to enter into adult championship open class, we need to see how much money you paid in taxes the year before. Right, so we need to see like a receipt for your, for your taxes, and then uh, we need to see how many hours you work a week. <laughs> you have to prove it. <laughs> Otherwise, you shoot the kids' class. God damn it! <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty much my recap for day day three. I got um, a really long recording here of me and Austin sitting in the airport, kind of just talking shit about day three and like our version of the recap. So I thought I would just accent it with a little bit of me talking, me recapping it. Because I think, okay, uh, on Sunday I, I ate an edible that was way too strong. And it pretty much sent me to hell. And uh, Monday you can still hear it. <laughs> if you listen to this recording with me and Austin, there's long pauses of silence. And that's me, like, trying to blink, basically. Um if you guys are wondering why I sound so funny or why I'm so loopy in that in this recording, it's because I'm like just coming back from an edible coma. Um, I don't think I'll ever do edibles again. 
I think that was like the, I don't want to say the worst experience because I've definitely had worse, but I definitely thought I had grown out of eating too much weed. (laughs) Apparently not. So I hope you guys enjoy this. This is just me and Austin recapping day three and kind of bullshitting in an airport uh, while we wait for our flight. Um, Two weeks indoor nationals will be in Sacramento, U.S. Eritrea indoor nationals. Um, I'm doing the math right now. If you want to crush at that event, you pretty much have to be able to shoot 27 X games consistently with 23s. So I think I'm going to take a stab at it. We'll see how, uh, how archery and filter does in that setting, but you know, I'm not going to hold my breath. I did really good last year. If you guys ever look at the scores from, or it might've been two years ago, but if you guys look at, uh, the scores back then, I was pretty much tied with Jesse Broadwater. It was like me, Broadwater. Who else is it? Donnie Thacker. We were all tied for, um, 17th. This will be different. I, I, I'm fairly certain guys that were like Dan Jassa, was 11th. I'm pretty sure he'll be at like top five. So just some things to, to look out for. Not saying if you can't shoot 27 X's that this is like no point in going. It's always worth going one for the experience, two for the pressure and three, just to see where you stack against everyone. But it's a great event because there's no, like there is no pro class, non pro class. It's like all open. Everyone shoots with everybody. So yeah, if you guys want to catch me, if you guys want to say, hey, what up? I'm all sold out of shirts now. I'm all sold out of stickers. So if you guys want uh, shirts or stickers or anything, just drop me a line. And I'll place an order for you. Um, yeah. Wish me luck. Aside from that, I mean, it's outdoor season time now. Get ready. It's time to start flinging. It's time to start fletching up the skinny arrows. And I know everyone's wondering, does the Hamskia throw the skinny arrows as good as the blade? I don't know yet. But you better believe it. I'll test it and I'll let you guys know. I'll give you no bullshit testing. All right. So thank you guys for listening. Enjoy a one hour and ten minutes of me and Austin <laughs> just bullshitting. And uh, I'll catch you guys later. See ya. All right, now it's recording. Perfect. How's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm going, doing pretty good. Me and Austin are hanging out at the McLaren Airport, waiting to fly home. Watching airplanes land. Yep. So, buddy, this is going to be the day three wrap-up. I would have done it yesterday, but I got way too stoned on an edible. <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much turned me <laughs> into Terry Schiavo. Oh. <laughs> I looked at you, I'm like, you want to do the podcast tomorrow? And you're like, yep. <laughs> it's, I'm so glad my buddies were like, oh yeah, Wendell's too high. We need to uh, let's just let it be too high. <laughs> I'm so glad no one was like, let's go do karaoke because I would have just fucking folded. <laughs> oh man, awesome weekend, awesome weekend this weekend, man. Oh yeah, no, it was a. Uh, you started day one clean. Yep. 
day two you dropped one. Yep. Day three you went clean again. Yep. And you got yourself into the lucky dog. I did. Have you ever done anything in Vegas of that magnitude yet? No. I've shot the best I've ever shot in Vegas. I shot 399s and I shot a 23x, a 20 a, no, a 24x, a 25x and a 26x. You had a pretty heavy X count day 1, day 2, right? Uh yeah. Day 1 you were 27. 27 and then I had 23 the second day. 23 second day. And w- we won't talk about my X count for the third day. No, let's talk about it. <laughs> in fact, let's get, into, let's get deep into that. So, so deep your, your into X it. Your count on Sunday was so low that we ended up tying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, it's actually more impressive that I shot that low of an X count and shot a 300 yes. than actually shooting a 327. I was going to try to propose to someone that, like, if you can shoot a 300 zero X, you should get, like, 10 grand. Yeah, I, I'd <laughs> say. I mean, to shoot that low of an X count and get a 300 is almost impossible. So, just so you guys know... Austin's approach to shooting X's on indoor is with reckless abandon. Yes. So for me, you know, I go for a more conservative approach, and most of my games are like 21X games, 24X games, somewhere in there. But that's just my style. I like to play it safe. Yeah. I try to make sure I'm not enjoying the round at all <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, so tell us about the last day. Why so many low X counts? Was it nerves? No, I have no idea why the heck it wasn't. They weren't hitting. A lot of them were good shots. They just didn't. I had one arrow that just kept wanting to touch the top of the, barely touch the top of the ten. Uh-huh. It was driving me insane. I shot four arrows in the same hole. Like, like you, you like could just breaking the line or what? How would we? Yeah, doing? just barely breaking the line. <laughs> the same hole. I'm like, I'm gonna have to take ten clicks off just for this one arrow to get it to hit in the X. Did you not iron the hole out? I did. Every time I shot the same freaking hole, it was so <laughs> annoying. I uh I I had a hole that I had ironed out that was kind of like just outside the X, uh, mm-hmm. six o'clock, right? Like really close. I ironed it out, shot it right into that hole. Ironed it out, shot it right into the hole. Ironed it out, and after the third time, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna leave the fucking hole. It's just gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I uh I don't know exactly why it didn't it didn't want to connect. I I just I feel like uh. Maybe I was just getting a little weak at the end there and just letting the bow kind of get away from me. So you but no nerves. Did you have any, uh, I don't know, were you getting into that try-hard space where you're, like, trying to get your release to go? or? No, it actually, honestly, day three felt like the best my release was going off so out of all other days. How do you deal with that? You're breaking good shots, your release is going off good, but the arrows aren't landing where you want them to. What, like, how did you handle that? A lot of praying. A lot of what? A lot of praying. A lot of praying? Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing? Yeah, just let Santa keep bringing me gifts. That's interesting, dude. Yeah. I kind of had, just I, like me asking, like, oh, well, how do you handle that? Kind of implies that you would change your plan. And well, it's like, I think changing your plan at that that late in the game is not a not an ideal thing. Well, it's kind of like, okay, what, what plan do you change to? Because, you know, it's always a risk. You change. Punch it. Well, you get a little stronger, you blow it out the top. You get a little weaker, you shoot it out the bottom. Right. You know, yeah, you, you try to change something, and you're changing your whole shot. At least, at least I knew they just weren't going anywhere, but they were catching ten. So uh-huh. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna keep doing the same thing. So I catch, catch a ten every once in a while. Uh-huh. You know, I I had one round that I shot three X's the whole, the whole game. Hmm. Interesting. 
one one, and it was like the eighth in. I shot three X's. Huh? I shot around an end of three tens. I like how you you also kind of tighten up towards the ends of games. Yeah, I always get very nervous. I get very loosey goosey towards the ends. The the last end is usually like I get really comfortable about the sixth through the ninth, and then the tenth is when I kind of get nerves. Yeah. If I'm if I'm gonna get them, it's in the it's in the the last end. Two through four is pretty good for me. The rest are pretty nervous. <laughs> and you see, for me, I still, I still, if I'm gonna get nervous, it's still right around there a little bit from the first to the second, third. Yeah. I don't Do know you, why. You don't have any apprehension with first scoring arrow, first scoring end. Usually I do. This trip I didn't. That's great, dude. Like this trip, like I don't know. I mean, I I was in such a zone. It was kind of weird. I never even really heard the guy announcing anything. Like you know, we walk up to the line and he's uh-huh. like, "This is the seventh end." Right. Like, I, I never even heard him talk. I tried not to listen to him on the last day. I don't. I never. For You're the just still in the zone. Yeah, so I I just walked up, loaded everything, wasn't paying attention, got on the target, uh-huh. did my thing, walked back. Right on. So, anyway, you were asking how, like, how can you switch to another plan? Punching it, switching to it, like, just aiming good and then punching it. That's that's a plan B. I I made that plan B on the last arrow. I also made the plan B on the last yeah, arrow. Yeah, it was uh, so funny with the exact same story. I know. <laughs> we looked at each other and I did the whole punching with my hand, and you said, "Me too." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we walked up and high fived each other. Then we punched the release. Dude, your answer. I was like. Did you sink it right in the X? And you're like, no. And I was like, yeah, me neither, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those, oh, my God. And then just mm. punch it, and it catches 10. Oh. I think I has like half shaft at four. Yeah. But it's not not like the usual shots. The usual shots. No. And then I walk into the lucky dog and make a perfect shot just the way it was before. I'm like, why didn't I just do that on the last arrow? <laughs> but I had to let down, too. So every time I let down, I freaked myself out. Yeah. Cause Indoor. Time. Indoor, yeah. It's all because of the time. It's just. Outdoors, I can let down a million times and never affect me. Yeah. Uh, indoors, yeah, I get a little scared. Yeah. I just start thinking I'm gonna run out of time. Hold on one second. I'm gonna check to see. That's not us. Alan's asking if we made it to the airport. <laughs> so how good did it feel getting the the, the third 300? It felt good. Yeah, definitely felt good. I mean, it's definitely different than getting a good 300. Yeah. But to shoot a 300 in Vegas still feels pretty good. I was kind of disappointed in myself. For uh, dropping one. Uh, I'm sorry, let me interrupt. Go on. Yeah, me. yeah, dropping one. I was disappointed in myself because I I could have prevented that. But um, what? Uh, I know we normally don't do this, but do you can you identify what it was exactly? Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know exactly what caused it, but I just remember when I when I anchored in my on my jaw and came into the target, my pin just never was like really. I don't know. It's moving really fast, and I couldn't get it to slow down. Slow down. I didn't have nerves. It just. It just didn't feel good from the beginning. Yeah, it was just jumping around, and I'm like, ah, oh, I. You know, maybe I just need to settle in and relax a little bit. And so I tried to relax, and it just got worse. And I'm like, maybe I should let down. And as soon as it made a big swing, it went off. I just I tried to tried to keep it in there for uh-huh. too long, even though I knew it wasn't going to go. Well, that's admirable, dude. That's not too bad. I can say that I wanted to talk about the – we each had one miss, right? Yeah. 
And um, my one miss, I knew right away after I did it what it was that was wrong and that I was able to ride that correction all weekend. And for for me, <laughs> the shot was, I was scared. Like, I was getting all nervous. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, I like, leaning on a punch. Like, I don't know. I just started punching out of fear. And then I was... <laughs> And it caught for, like, the first three arrows, or the first arrow, and then the second arrow was, or, you know what it is? It worked during the practice rounds. So I was like, okay, I can lean on punching if I have to. Yeah. And then I went from pulling through the shot to plan B, which is what, like, just punch one off when it's good. And that fucking plan B is so goddamn stupid. <laughs> just lean on plan A and don't, don't change anything. So after that happened, I told myself, you didn't do all this practice this year to make a shot that you didn't practice. So then I just fucking pulled through every shot nice and easy, and that was my – I was able to correct, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, so it, uh, it worked out pretty good. I <laughs> Sunday after I shot 300, Mark came down, and he's like, oh, dude, how was that? And I said, I made sweet, sweet love to this release, that whole, <laughs> that whole 300. <laughs> and it was true. Every time I would go up, I would say to my release, I was like, we're going we're gonna to have a good time right here. And every shot was just – butter on sunday it was butter i may have had one punch but it was very comfortable yeah the last arrow yeah the one that barely caught a 10 oh yeah that one that was that was not comfortable <laughs> <laughs> but it was a gamble it was like i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure i can throw this somewhere in that 10 yeah it's just weird because sometimes punch and flight like the point of impact is way different yeah i think i'm gonna try to get away from a button for outdoor yeah you gonna go back to a hinge i'm gonna try it yeah what hinge are you gonna shoot just my HBC. I have that HT Pro too. Uh huh. That you uh, you gave me that I I might play around with. I don't know. I don't know. I just I'm ready to try something. I guess not new, but uh, I wanted to hate on the UltraView hinge so badly. It feels good. It feels really good. <laughs> yeah. It feels extremely uh, comfortable. I will hate on the price. Yeah, the price is nonsense for stainless, dude. The Scott. The Scott Ascent like is a great release, and I don't even know if that one. I think that one barely breaks two hundred. Right, it's like one seventy or something. And it does the exact same thing. It just True. has a little bit different handle. True. And they want three hundred and something dollars for that yes. thing. Yeah. It's more than a goat costs. Is it? Yep. Oh, holy smokes! Yeah, they're very proud. Yeah. Uh, well, I still I, I still think it's kind of cool that those. I, I mean, they're like my age, but kind of yeah. cool. They started that whole business and had it take off, and they're yeah. being successful on it. Yeah, but, I mean. um, yeah, that new UltraView hinge, <coughs> very comfy. Yes, very. I, I uh, fiddled around with the executive, too, during the NABBA show, and the executive feels a lot like an HT Pro. Yes, I I like that release a lot. I'll probably end up getting one some at some point down the road. I'll probably order it now and get it in two years from now. <laughs> but um, I'll wait. I'll wait that time. It'll probably it'll just be like Christmas present, you know, when it shows up. I'll be like, oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> I have my eyebrow raised for a true ball blade, but only because uh, I think I'm gonna do this week for this episode. I'm gonna do a no bullshit product of the week. And it's going to be that True Ball Rave release. Yeah. That thing, it has the exact same dimensions as the blade. Um, the only difference is it doesn't have the cocking button in the back to reset the hook. You have to reset it manually by hand. And I remember the lady asked me, she's like, you sure you don't want a blade? And I was like, well, how much is it? She goes, oh, it's 214. And I said, how much is the Rave? And she said, 117. 
And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'm going to go with the, the cheap The blade one. was only 214 I think so. Dude, you should have bought that up so what? fast. What are they normally? 300? 290 290 Yeah. Maybe it was 240 I don't know. It wasn't. It was much cheaper. It must have been like at least $50 cheaper. But I think the raves go for more hmm. in the shop also. But uh, that release for 100 bucks, dude. It's a good release for 100 bucks. It is smoking. And all you're missing is the little button in the back. That's fine. I'll just fucking pinch the jaws closed. Yeah, I'm a little bit pathetic like that. I uh, I need my button on the bottom, not on the top. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought it was awesome. That release is very comfortable. It doesn't hurt my fingers. I was able to shoot a ton of arrows this weekend and not um, not hurt my index fingers at all. That's good. I guess i got to sell my abysses now. You can give them to me. Yeah, you know they're worth a lot of money though. They're super rare. Yeah, well you should let me. Uh, you I'll should let, let me borrow. You should let me borrow the flex. I'll save one for you. Yeah, I'll save the flex for you. The other two I'm gonna sell. Good releases. I, I, I want to try it. Yeah. As long as it's not a large. No, no, they're all mediums. I can't wait to shoot this uh, True Ball Rave outdoors. Dude, if I could buy the Mini Abyss, I would. Mini Abyss? Really? It's like the HBC small, but an uh -huh. Abyss. Oh yes. That's cool. I but like that flexibility, the the flex finger things. That could be kind of fun. I like the little small releases. I don't like the giant. Yeah, I just don't like flexes. Like I would, I would get the blade. I would get the straight handle. I wouldn't get the blade flex. Really? Yeah. I, I like know. the option. I mean, you don't have to use it, but I like the option. Yeah, to be able to adjust where your fingers mm -hmm. are. I just like. Uh, I don't know. I think I put my fingers on the release sideways or something. Huh. Like at angles, and that's why it feels good. It just has solid handle. But who knows? Maybe that'll be the next thing I get. The blade. I have one. You have a true ball blade? Yeah, I showed it to you. I had it in my quiver Is the it whole a flex? Yeah. Oh. Well that's why I didn't bend. But I have I have the little ultra view finger on it. Oh, neat. That's cool. I'm still not a fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. I'm telling you, man, I gotta have the solid handle now. I'm like old school. I'm gonna be one of these old school shooters. You'd be like, I still shoot the little stand with the <laughs> rope on it. I have one. Can't let down. You have to shoot it or I'll go off. I have this super old release that has no thumb peg, and it's a hinge, and it's got this little hook for your D-loop. Do you like having high blood pressure or something? No, I don't shoot it. I just had it for the collector's item. Okay, good. But I don't have any of those collector's items. <laughs> I'm sure my dad did at one point, but I don't oh, know, yeah. I don't might, know where he, they went. He doesn't still have his, any old releases? No. I mean, we have old ones, but he used to shoot caliper-style uh -huh. releases for a long time. For a long time. Yeah, because my dad started out just wanting to bow hunt, and then he kind of got a little bit more into the target stuff. That's kind of why I got into target, was just be a little bit better of a bow hunter. And then I ended up getting okay at it. Right. Dude, speaking of index finger releases, Mark thought um, that Sergio Pagni shot an index release. But he shoots a spot hog cascade. Right? Oh, does he? Yeah. You don't know this? Mm -hmm. So it was so funny because I was telling Mark that I've shot, the, I have a Cascade because I wanted to see what it was like to have a release like Pagni, right? And I can't get the shit to lock. I can't get the, the hook to lock. So I could never shoot it. I'd always punch myself in the face while bringing it back. So I gave it to Jim, and Jim's like, yeah, I've been using it. It's great. I'm like, how the fuck did you get it to work? And he's like, you just don't know how to use it. So whatever the trick is, is what happened to Pagni. <laughs> I was going to say some kind of a joke, but I felt like it was a little too fresh for him. <laughs> I couldn't imagine getting all the way that far and then just having your release fail and yeah. have to walk away. Oh, I'm sure he's heartbroken. 
Yeah. I'm sure. I don't know if I would have handled it as well as he did. <laughs> what would you have done? Threw my bow down there. <laughs> Threw my bow down there. Did you throw your bow? <laughs> it was your release that failed. I don't care. I'd give up archery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer. Was I'm, cool. I'm only half kidding. <laughs> it was cool seeing Bodie win. Oh, yeah. That kid's a stud, man. Yeah. I My claim to fame is I still beat him one time. So. Really? Yep. What so did you beat him anybody, at? Anybody asks, I beat Bodie Turner one time Where? in Oregon. Oh, really? Yeah, I beat him at the Outlaws. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Can you still beat him? Probably not, but I can try. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll just keep uh, keep shooting my bow, and then one day maybe I'll beat him. Any other highlights for you that you've come across this week? Watching my little brother shoot. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Your little brother shot really good for his first. This is his first time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I watched him. uh He's, he only started hanging a Vegas face about a month and a half ago, and he uh-huh. shot a good state round, and then he kept all of his rounds here in the 290s, which, shoot, the first year I looked at it, the first year I shot Vegas, mm-hmm. I shot a 282, uh-huh. a 271, and a 272, and I think I shot 21 X's for the whole weekend. Oh, damn. That was the first year I shot. That was back in 2016. Uh-huh. And then... Um, I think the next year I kept, I think I kept them all in the '90s, or I had two of them in the '90s. Uh huh. But for him to do all three in the '90s, his first year ever going. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was pretty, I was pretty happy with Does that. Does he run a lot of weight on his bars? No, no, he's yeah. barely got anything. Interesting. I saw um, a couple guys out that were running really light setups. Mm-hmm. Broadwater looked like he's pretty light uh, front bar. Yeah, I think. Well, Broadwater's always been really light. Uh-huh. I think. I think Bodie's only got like eight ounces in the front, mm-hmm. which is more you know starting to get to the heavy, heavy side. Yeah, I've got twelve. Yeah. Um, I think Chris B ran like only like four ounces on the front. Yeah. That Pettit, Pettit guy also was uh, pretty light. Mm-hmm. Pettit's Whatever. A good shooter, dude. Yeah. Whatever works for your shooting style, like. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I. Everyone's different. I I can try. Like sometimes I feel like my bow's more forgiving with less light or less weight. Um, but I don't know. I don't hold it as well. Dude, did you see during the, um, lucky dog, I was on a bail with a guy named Blazhansky. Yeah. Yeah. The Matthew shooter. Uh huh. He had like 38 ounces on his back. I know. That's what I leaned over to you and I go, I think that dude likes weights. (laughs) It was nuts. And then did you see his front bar? I think he had as many on his front bar as he did his back bar. Dude, it was the most weight I think I've ever seen on a, on a. He had like eight weight. inches of weight. Yeah, it was nuts. Was like he, he didn't ugh. make it past the first round either. No, point. no, he couldn't keep his bow up. Yeah, hey, you need a freaking tripod out the front to yeah. get it to. Yeah, you need a little more. I mean, obviously, he shot okay to be in that shoot off, but we can't. We don't know what his pin float looked like. What if he held it dead middle? Then and he then, then he, he should have won the lucky dog. And then he ripped a good shot. But you know, maybe tunes his bow funny or whatever. He should have won the he should have won, <laughs> won the lucky dog then, or maybe if he shot like a ridiculous high left tear, he would have won it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, damn. I sure would like to make the shoot off next year, not do this lucky dog thing. Ah, we will next year. <laughs> now I know. Now we know we can do it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the the thing is though, that's got to stay with you a whole year. Like this feeling, like we know that we could go in there and do it right now. Mm-hmm. Right? But. The thing is that gets you is the initial, are you ready for this, you know, 
uh, I don't know. Like surprise. I don't. I don't really think of it like that. I kind of look at it as an well, I've done it. That's because I don't. You didn't miss because you were nervous. That's no. the thing. I missed because I was nervous, and so you know it made me wimp out on my plan. And, and after getting over that, I know there's nothing to be. There's nothing to wimp out about. I think. I think. Honestly, a lot of the reason why I've had. I'm not bragging on myself, but the reason I've had success every year as far as getting better and the progress I've seen is because like my mentality is like I go into it and I'm like, I've done it before. I can do it again and better. Mm -hmm. So like there's some guys that like psych themselves out early uh-huh. into it where I'm calm and collected. Cause I'm like, ah, I've already done this. Uh-huh. Like, like usually like yeah, when I go in it like it's a given, you're not like, I'm walking away from here with a 300 for sure. Do no, you? no, I don't. I don't go into it like that. But I also don't go into it, um, hoping and freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I don't freak. I don't freak myself out because now I've done it. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't know. It's like the first time you shoot a 910, right? Like you're, or like you know, you're getting close to a 910. All of a sudden, uh-huh. you start freaking yourself out, and then you shoot a 910, uh-huh. and then the next time you shoot like a 913 it's no problem like you're not even worried about getting right. over a 910 anymore right <coughs> Austin's talking because about safari scoring yes right I'm now. talking about safari scoring but same same deal for like I guess Vegas like I don't I don't remember really like the hurdles like okay. I don't remember being like oh my gosh I need to shoot 298 right like I didn't have those like there's the barriers in the safari style which like was my hump to get over like it was first a 900 and then it was a 905 and then a 910 and then 915 like those were kind of my hurdles to yeah. get through yeah. Like, I don't remember in Vegas. It was just kind of like I scored, and then it was... I feel like a 915 guy still. Yeah. On so, average. But once you get over it, you just don't freak out when you get that close again. So it's kind of like maybe you'd freak out if you sh- started shooting like a 329X or you were that uh-huh. close, but you're not going to freak out shooting a 320. Right. You're like, ah, I, this is this is easy. Right, right. I've done this before. Yeah. And so I think that when you recognize that you've done something before, that's honestly pretty calming in your head. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can do this. I've done it before. It's no, no big deal. Yeah, I'll Ky- just do it again. Kyle Douglas said that about the, his second Vegas. He was like, I was much calmer on the second Vegas because I knew I could do it already. Yeah. If you psych yourself out, like before you get there, like, Oh my gosh, I really hope I can do what I did the last time. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, you're going to be nervous again. Right. When you just go into it and you're like, yeah, I've done it. You know, let's, Let's just see how this weekend goes, and, and you don't put like crazy expectation on yourself. Then right. it seems to flow away, like way smoother. Yeah, you I know. Agree. I think maybe for me, like a lot of the reason I, I didn't have as many nerves is because the last year I shot, I shot fairly well. Like I shot, mm-hmm. I shot the eight eight ninety seven, but I had seventy five X's for the weekend, uh-huh. which is pretty good. But I knew I could shoot. I knew I could at least comfortably shoot a ninety nine. Right. So you didn't have to worry. No, I was like, I. All I got to do is just not miss one point. Yeah, just run your game like usual. Yeah. So what would you say to people who's coming into Vegas for their first time? Just because they don't. Someone who hasn't done it yet is gonna is gonna get slapped with just, nerves in the wrong, uh, yeah, wrong mentality. You got to understand, you're going to have nerves when you show up, especially for your first time. It's a totally different environment than you've ever shot in. There's so much, like, added pressure, not even just from yourself, but even just being around other people that are feeling pressure. Yeah. Like, you almost, like, 
feed off of their stress. Yeah, you know what's crazy? You don't see that too much in championship. But no. I remember shooting in flights myself, and then Jim kind of reminded me that people that are shooting in flights are constantly shitting on themselves. Oh, yeah. They're, the thing about it is is that the people in, in flights, like, they're consciously, like, freaking out and really working absolutely. Like, they're, they're working the hardest that they can and overanalyzing everything uh-huh. to make sure that they shoot a decent score. Yeah. Where the guys in championship are just doing what they've done yeah, before. Very, like, yeah. they're just like, ah, like what I was saying, ah, I've done this. Yeah. I just need to keep it clean. Yeah. Like, keep it clean as long as you can, and whatever happens, happens. The guys in flights are just like, even the guy who's shooting like 260s are freaking out. Yeah. You know, like, they're, they're so on edge. Yeah. I heard a dude that was like, someone said, how'd you shoot today? He goes, oh, well, archery happened. And I was like, that's the dumbest that's the dumbest goddamn thing to say. Those are the guys that shoot a two two sixty. Exactly. It's like, what do you mean archery happened? Is it a bad thing for you? Then why are you doing this? You know, like, you should be one, be happy of whatever you're shooting, I and I, have realistic I, expectations. And you think you, if you're two thirty shooter, you're not gonna go to Vegas and shoot a fucking three hundred. I get what they're saying, but the thing about it is, a lot of those guys understand that they have a problem, whether it's target panic or they don't handle the nerves well or. Whatever it is, that a lot of those guys already recognize a problem, uh-huh. but they don't do anything to fix it. Right. And then they show up to a tournament like Vegas and then complain about how they shot. Yeah. I and I'm like, well, it fixes itself here. If you're not happy, so if if you know you have a problem, and you're not willing to fix it, and put in the work, then you just have to be happy with with yeah. your low scores and not had. and and not having the the solution to the problem because yeah. you're not willing to put in the work to fix it right. so you can't complain about it yeah. now the guys that put in a lot of work and you know are doing well at home and you know something happens like a release fails or um like randall you know randall his release went off hot and he missed he shot a zero like that no, stuff no. happens dude randall was it when? Was you talking about day two? Day one, I think. Day one, he shot um, he shot the same... Oh, yeah, I guess you could say it's a zero. He shot the same target twice. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that what I'm saying. So so he, that, that stuff just happens. It had nothing to do with Randall not putting in work and not yeah. shooting well. Like, he put in a lot of work to to shoot well at Vegas. Uh-huh. That, that I understand. But the people that don't put in work and have t- like crazy target panic and are just like, yeah, archery happened. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm like, no, you just didn't put in the work to fix right. your problem. Archery, and happened. now you're now you're just upset that you didn't shoot a 300. Archery happened to Pagney and archery happened to Randall. Archery did not happen to <laughs> this fucking yeah. dude who just slinging shit down range. Things out of control happen to those guys. Things yeah. that are in control, you know yeah. the. Those are the people that that actually complain about it, you know. What they say is um, success is the where preparedness and chance meet, or something like that. Preparedness and opportunity meet up. Yeah. So it's like you can have opportunity, i.e., being here, but if you're not prepared for it, success is not going to be the outcome. No. Most of the time, not. There's always that slim, that yeah. that sliver of hope. It but was nuts to how many good pros did not shoot two hundred or three hundred even on the last day. Yeah, and that, that just just happens for whatever reason, you know. And it's not like they didn't work for it; they just just wanted wanted it really bad. 
Yeah, and that that could have been expectation they put on themselves. I wonder if the lack of events from COVID last year uh, has let a couple people get mentally um, unprepared. You know what I mean? They didn't have anything they could sharpen their brain on. Yeah, yeah, or it was the fact they got they weren't uh, as used to it. Kind of threw a through them out of rhythm, right? I mean, they uh-huh. shot Vegas every year. So right. it was one year to, to yeah. not shoot Vegas uh-huh. to, you know, for another year and basically take two years off right? and jump back into it. Maybe they just, it just kind of threw them out of their their rhythm. Right. And right. they just, it, something just happened in their head that they they weren't used to it or, right. you know, I can't, I can't speak for anybody. But, you know, every year that we shoot Vegas, there's always somebody that, you look at them and go, really? Like you, you drop, you dropped a point. Uh-huh. Like, there's always those pros. It just seemed like there were a lot more this year. Yeah. But then you look at how many people cleaned it, and there's still like 23 new faces. New faces, yeah. Yeah, dude. So, I was mainly shocked that Bobef uh, didn't make it. I always thought he was like an indoor specialist, you know. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think every pro has their demons. I mean, yeah. From the pros I know, I mean they're they're not bulletproof. I mean I they. Dude, Kevin Wilkie t- told uh, me and Jim, he's like, yeah, battled some target panic on the last day. Yeah, they're not bulletproof. They struggle with their own stuff. They just know how to struggle with it better than we do. Right. Right. And that and the thing is, is like they can put in way more time. I mean, shoot, I I have a full-time job you oh, know yeah. and i i can't spend as much time every day working on myself right got stuff you gotta take care of yeah so to to be like a full-time paid like if they get a little target panic do they could just put in like three days worth of work and that's how much i can do in like blank two bailing. weeks dude i blank bailed this weekend something i never do it works it works. Works it was good. Because after I, after I bailed on, um, on my shot and punched and and it didn't work out. I wanted to get that feeling of the good shot and then, like bottle it up. So that's why I, I did a bunch of blank bailing the day after and then the day after that, and it yeah. was good. It's good. I honestly thought I was going to be kind of screwed. Uh, I'm I'm actually happy with myself though, um, because I've always struggled when I punch or get right. my target panic back like it's it's like permanently locked in for a couple days right and uh when i punched that last arrow into the for the the last round of the of the shoot on the oh. third day i was terrified that when i went to lucky dog i was gonna punch it again again right. because that's that's just like my mo like yeah. that's just what i do You're like the, the gates are open i mean i was freaking out when i went to the lucky dog like i'm gonna punch this thing <laughs> And it's not going to yeah. be good. And I, as soon as I drew back, I didn't have that feeling. I'm like, right. Oh wow. Like I, and I had that. Uh, I shot West Valley, uh, in Orland, uh-huh. and the wind was blowing really, really bad. And I did that. I punched a couple in there, not not um, because I wanted to, but because I, I had to time it, and I didn't have that issue either. So. But it wasn't the pressure. Usually, it's the pressure that locks me up and, gotcha. and gets me back in that uh, punchy phase. Right, right. I was like, hmm, maybe I can actually like, 
not saying this is a good thing, but you know, if I punch one, I don't necessarily have to revert back to my old problems. Correct. Correct. That's what. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought after punching the last one. I was like, all right, now that that's done. We're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, I kind of think. Uh, I kept telling myself. kept I kept talking to my release, being like, "Oh, we're gonna have fun. This is gonna be good." Yeah. So. Yeah, it surprisingly all worked out. Yeah. No, I I think. I think the trip was definitely a success. Yeah. We both we both did good. We threw our best out there. Yeah, we both made it to Lucky Dog. Both made it to the Lucky Dog. Just to even be on that stage, uh, shooting the Lucky Dog, and knowing we were that close, and I mean, we were still shooting with some of the best in the world. Yeah. I, I mean, really, we're still. I really wish I could beat Hanson, but I don't know. Well, you know, I don't have the experience to come up with how I would have played it differently. You know what I mean? I you could, you couldn't that. have. Yeah, you, exactly. you couldn't have played it any differently. The, the, the thing is, is like, you know, did does it suck that you didn't beat him? Absolutely, because I wish you would have kicked his, <laughs> kicked him, you know, to the floor. But, um, you know, the the thing about it is, is like now that that's over. Like, how I'm kind of thinking about it is, okay, now that's over, but now I know I can do it. Yes. And the next time, yes, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, this happened this time, which sucks, but now it's not going to. Right. Next time we do better at the gate. Yep. And we know what we're, we know what you're capable of. Yeah. And it's all building blocks. It's all, it's all stuff you have to learn. I mean, do you know how many people shoot the Vegas shoot and never make the Lucky Dog? A lot. You know how many people have can honestly say they've never shot in the lucky dog that's true that's true and we can say we've shot in yeah. the lucky dog shoot off in vegas yeah dude we didn't win it i got bruce cole to say my name yeah we didn't dude we didn't win it uh-huh we still freaking made it yeah that was pretty to cool. shoot one point down in championship which everybody like freaks out about whenever you bring up championship everyone's like oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh it's so it, it's so freaky yeah I agree. We dropped one freaking point. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm 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 beyond happy with with how how that went. Like, obviously, uh, I really wish that um, we both would have made the shoot off. <laughs> you can't. You can only have one one lucky dog. We would have both had. To well, shoot. I'm talking about just cleaning it. Oh yeah, cleaning it. Obviously, I wish we would have cleaned it. That's the goal. But uh, it would be cool if we had the ability to shoot inside out so much that they would just give up and let us. <laughs> but yeah, I just got to take what I got, and I'm like, <laughs> look, I didn't put a whole lot of practice in, and for me to shoot the way I did, mm-hmm. huh, score. Yeah, I put a whole lot of practice in. I know you were on fire for the whole year. Thanks, buddy. I couldn't uh, couldn't even get close. No, nah, you got you got plenty close. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was a really fun experience. I think um, being up on the stage, getting the shoot against Hanson in the the Lucky Dog final was kind of cool. And it a lot of people saw my <laughs> saw who I was. I finally got like a little bit of uh, a little bit of exposure. It might be good for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna be like, "Who's that Wendell Souza guy that shot off against Hanson?" Hanson. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be forgot about tomorrow. But at least I got a cool clip that you know I can I can pad my show with and. People can oh. see that I have some uh, validity of what I know, you know, what I'm talking about. I saw a bunch of uh, Archery Unfiltered shirts walking around. Yeah, that was cool. I sold out of shirts. Dude, that is awesome. Yeah. You say I, you're going to save me one, but whatever. What size are you? Medium. Or large. Yeah, I large. don't know. I lost a bunch of weight. Right. You're but large. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, I want like the tight ones, you know. You uh, I'm sure you can leave it in the dryer. I think I got a large for you at home. I ordered some for Brian Webb. Yeah. So I'm going to give him some too. Yeah. I think I ordered extra. I'm trying to like, because when I, when I was really skinny, I was like in between a medium and a large. And oh, yeah, dude. Now that Vegas is over, I'm going to start exercising. Hot damn. Yeah. You're going to have to drive 45 minutes to come work out with me. <laughs> I actually <laughs> live next door to a Planet Fitness, so. I do too now. Really? Yeah. I'm right, going dude. to Planet Fitness. Or, I don't know. My roommate wants to do CrossFit, but uh, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah. I've seen some people do CrossFit and uh, kind of looks like torture. Kind of yeah. like, um, like, why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> but, I don't know. Like I want to still be able to shoot. Yeah, that was kind of the hard part. I mean, yeah, like I was saying in the last podcast, working out it, like it feels good. Like I feel better every day. Uh huh. Um, but shooting my bow does not feel good. Right. I'm uh, kind of thinking I'm gonna uh, research like muscle chains that are used in aiming or aiming sports. I think you should just like work on like like me. I was doing like bulking. And like bulking stuff. Yeah, yeah and I, I think you just need like endurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like uh bike. I don't but know. We'll see. We'll see. You got plenty of time to exercise and practice that outdoor stuff. No, you don't. You have two weeks. Two weeks? What do you mean? Spenceville. I'm not doing Spenceville. What? Why the fuck am I gonna do Spenceville? Why wouldn't you do Spenceville? Is it on the outlaw list? No. Exactly. Exactly. Sp- You're not gonna shoot it? No, dude. I'm I, I'm just gonna do Honestly, like right now, oh, yeah, sorry, you're fine. Um, I'm honestly not sure if I'm even going to do some of the outlaws. Really? I want to. I want to do all of them with Darren because I owe Darren a, a solid season. Every season I've partnered with Darren has been split up somehow. <laughs> but fucking COVID or Blake Jerome coming through and destroying the world, you know? Yeah. Something like that. But, um,. I might just do right now. My plan is to just do outlaws and reading. Outlaws and reading. Yeah, I'm gonna try to hit Spenceville. It's That's on the, good. It's on the twentieth. It's I, a good warm up. I think it's good to do warm up events. It's a great one. I've shot it really well the last couple of years. So That's I just want to on a very green hillside. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. Over over kind of like almost Nevada City, but not quite. Right. Right. No, that's a good one. I like it because it's hard. It gives you your uphill downhill. If gives I can you get the green light, I'll go. But I'm. I, you know, I know your dad. Yeah. Your dad now. I'm. I'm. Uh. Yeah. I'm single and free. Yeah. Should be able so. to go tear it up. Yeah. But uh, part of me was like, maybe I should just be an indoor shooter. Just practice indoor only. No. <laughs> Austin said no. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Why is that a terrible idea? Because indoor sucks. Indoor is fantastic. I like indoor. It has its place in the world. I'm excited um, to see if it made us better outdoor shooters. It will. I uh, think I, I think every year it does, but I agree. It still sucks. Nonsense. It has its place in the world. Do I like its place in the world? No. I love it. But it has its place. I love it. I wouldn't mind moving to a place where there's only indoor. <laughs> you live where there's a lot of indoor. Really? Yeah, you know in Chico there's not a single indoor range within an hour. A single indoor range? No. The closest one is the bow rack in Reading. That sucks. So I literally shoot outside yeah. in the freezing cold. I think Heather Gorsmith shoots outside. Yeah. And there's not even, a s- even when she's doing there's stuff. Not a single indoor money shoot within an hour. True. 
Well, for you. For me, yeah. The closest one would have been the Rockland shoot. Yeah. That was the closest one yeah. by far. Yeah, that was fun. Like, I don't know, in the what Bay. What do you think about um, the Outlaws not doing Oregon this year? Um, I know a bunch of Washington. I know the Washington people are like, "Oh, that kind of sucks," and some people from from down south are like, "Well, what about, you're excluding the you know Washington folk." You know, I don't think it's excluding, right? I mean, the outlaws are started by people from California. Correct. Um, Northern California guys. Yeah, and you know, I'd say just doing Eugene worked out. Like, it's a great course. It's a uh-huh. great shoot, but. It wasn't put in Eugene for the Oregon people. Uh-huh. Like it just—that's how it worked out. It was—it was a good course that wanted to do the format. Right. Um. The safari format. Yeah. So. Hey, wait. Wasn't it? Wasn't Outlaws also started by that cornhole dude? No. Timbernet didn't have anything. Oh. In the starting of it. He's a SoCal guy. I think. I think he had minor things to do with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what do you mainly, think you, you like it? The four events um, schedule? Yeah, I, I, it's definitely better than last. Uh, well, I wouldn't say last year, but, you know, it's definitely good because we didn't have Lodi. Right. We didn't have Nevada City. Right. I like that. I, I like this, this year's schedule. I'm, like, I'm just hoping it all comes together and, you know, COVID doesn't lock it all down again. COVID ain't going to lock it down. You know, we'll get the Z-strain or whatever. COVID's over. We'll see, but you know, I, I, I like Eugene, Oregon, the, the people that really shoot. Cool. It's just it's a horrible weekend. It's yeah. a horrible weekend to do a it's shoot right before the Fourth of July. Yeah, it's on the Fourth of July. Oh yeah. yeah. There, so there have it. like that's fine, but I can tell you, my family like one of my family traditions is to go to the coast and like watch the fireworks out on the ocean. Some people's might be to go to another state and watch it with their family or go on a family trip or whatever because right. it's right in the middle. Like, if people have kids, you know, the kids are on summer break. Right. Teachers, they're on summer break. Yeah. Whatever. Not everybody wants to go spend that, that 4th of July holiday shooting Shoot, a bow yeah. in the trees. Yeah. Like, it's fun. I have fun doing it. But yeah. it's hard because you can't accommodate for everybody. If you're a family guy, too, it's like your whole family's got to be into mm-hmm. You know, you're going to drag your whole family along. Someone's going to get yeah. bored. Yeah. yeah, what are you going to do, ditch your wife and kids to go shoot an archery exactly, tournament? Exactly, on a holiday. Yeah, it, it doesn't work for a lot of people. And so, I mean, they have a great attendance. I think they'd have a better attendance if they didn't do it on the 4th of July weekend. Right. Um, it I just so, It too. just makes it kind of hard for the outlaws because a lot of the guys that run the outlaws are those family guys. Yeah, yeah. And it's I a agree. long ways for them to go. Yeah. They have their kids. You they have their the wife. Yeah, they're sacrificing the holiday. Um, and it's a lot of work running outlaws, you know, having to get all the signups done, worry about the money, worry about registration, worry about everybody's handicap, yep. target assignments. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And so to go all the way up there and I mean, before they haven't had always great turnouts, uh-huh. to put all that work in, sacrifice the holiday. Right. For nobody to show up, or very few people to show up. Well, dude, the couple times I've been there has been pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. People to show. Yeah. I think there's no shortage of attendance, but. 
Mm, uh, I, I don't even know. Even so, even so. With that being said, I think the the four events that Outlaws got planned out. They're bringing Fresno Safari back, <laughs> which is. I mean, it was already there, but it wasn't a, an Outlaw event. I always thought that was kind of trippy. What do you mean? It was an Outlaw event last year. Oh yeah, but not the year before. No, because of COVID. Right. Or the the year before that, it wasn't. They had it, and oh, they, they got rid of it. Yeah, they got rid of it. Years. They got rid of it because they. Lodi was actually what replaced Fresno. Really? Yes. When when they got rid of Fresno, Lodi popped on. Oh. And then I think they finally just they threw Fresno back in the mix just to give people another option to do it. Yeah. Which so is for, good. Yeah, Fresno course is great. I honestly, if I could put a if if we could put an Outlaws at every shoot, I would be all in. Uh-huh. The problem is not every course is set up to have an Outlaws right. shoot because right. it's a sixty target. It takes a lot to accommodate that. Yeah, and not it doesn't always fall into place. Right. You know. Um, I would really like to do OPA style shooting. Like, I think that would be fun to bring that game in. Uh-huh. I love that like game. The tiny orange dot. It's the orange dot, and you got to call the fourteens. And uh-huh. oh my gosh, I love that game. That's kind of similar to the Break the Barriers 3D. Mm-hmm. They use a tiny dot. They don't have a fourteen. No, it's it's different though, because again, it's uh, that style shooting Safari and even Break the Barriers is just don't miss. Yeah. Like that is the game. Don't miss. Yep. There's not. There's not really a strategy. If you don't miss, you win. If you <laughs> miss, you don't. Um, what about for teams? Even that. If you if you and your partner miss, you lose. Well, if you okay. hit it, you you win. I like what you're saying, but isn't it at our level in this sport, don't miss is the strategy applied to every form of archery? I wouldn't say. Well, yes, but no. So, for like even, even Lancaster, right? So they had the... the 11 ring. Uh-huh. If you wanted to beat Bodie. Or 12 ring. If you wanted to qualify higher than yeah, Bodie, if you, you can't miss. If you were two points down, maybe your strategy is to go for that 12 or 11, whatever it is, and gain a point. Uh-huh. And that can be your strategy. High risk, high reward. Uh-huh. That is a strategy. And uh-huh. then the other guy the other guy in front is like, I'm ahead. Why would I shoot for that? Uh-huh. Just stay clean. Because the chances of him hitting that are way smaller than me just shooting these 10s. Yeah. In OPA... Like how I how I took third that year because I sucked in qualifying. Uh-huh. I barely qualified. Okay. I learned from the year before. Are you talking about the Cal Expo? Yeah, Cal OPA Expo. Yep. Yeah. So this is my high risk, high reward story for how there is a strategy. I knew my game was not on top the year before. Uh-huh. I only missed three dots. Okay. I smoked it. Okay. And I still lost. Uh huh. I, I went from went first with a, with a ten or eleven point lead. Uh-huh. And took seventh or sixth. Gotcha. So, um, and that was that high risk deal. That that's what got me. But I learned watching a lot of people like Bob Thurman. He wasn't shooting great the first year when I smoked it and still took third because he just knew his boundary and just went for twelves. And everybody else was like, "I need to win! I need to win! I need to win!" So they started chasing. Uh huh. And when they chase, they add the extra pressure and they miss. Interesting. And so I just held my ground and just shot twelves and tens until everybody kind of fell off the fell off the map. Uh-huh. And then once I I went from seventh in qualifying to like fourth, and then I just started shooting the fourteens I could hit. Uh-huh. And just played it safe the rest of the time and everybody fell off. And then I was tied for second with Mark Rubio. Oh shit. And we went to a shoot off. Whoa. And Brandon Williamson. I remember the Brandon year, one year the yeah. year I won. Or the year I had that lead, he won. 
and he just shot all 14s. <laughs> like, I went in with, like, a 10-point lead, <laughs> and he shot all 14s and still beat me. So they're In that moment, though, do you think Brandon's like, my strategy is don't miss 14s? That had to be a strategy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because he, he, he needed... I'm saying don't miss applies to all, everything. He needed to win, but that but his strategy wasn't my strategy. Mine was I had a 10-point lead. Play it safe. Why would I shoot 14s, yeah. which are way harder, and if I miss, I shoot a 5 or an 8? Yeah. yeah no. Like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I yeah, I gain points. I see what you mean. And I can't miss it, but but there's that uh, you play it safe, you stay steady, or you, or you risk it, and sometimes it works or sometimes you fail. Right. Like, there's none of that in Safari. You aim in the orange dot. When the arrow hits the orange dot, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So I like having to think about how, how I'm going to win rather than just not miss. That's, I think that's very by the book. I think that's very uh, with winning in mind. There's, there's, always, there's always a chance if there is that, that strategy in mind and that, in that, uh, that option. When right. there's different point values you got to shoot. And that you can lose on, yeah. You know, I I like that. I like thinking of how to win versus how not to lose. Yeah, very interesting. I yeah. like it. You have to think about it. Am I going to chase this fourteen at forty-seven yards? Okay. Well, to be fair though, for most of these listeners, and even us, are probably not going to shoot an OPA event for another couple of years. I want to. I want to go to the big OPA. You should. I really, really want to. Alan said that he's thinking of doing an ASA instead of Oregon. Ah, screw ASA. Screw that un- unknown, unmarked garbage. Don't they have a marked... Uh, I don't even know. I think they have a marked division. I like marked being able to see what I'm aiming at. <laughs> Unless I'm killing animals, then that's fine. <laughs> Great strategy for that event. Don't miss. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes. I, the next thing we're going to shoot is going to be safari and field, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't even think I'm going to shoot field. I'm just going to shoot safari. I, uh, shooting field is like lighting myself on fire. Why? I hate you don't it. like field? Hell no. It's such a good discipline. No, it's just torture. I love shooting field. I, the, the, suck, the, the hardest part is I can go to a safari do you, and shoot ha, a do 920. You, have you not shot field with friends before? I don't have a field course. <laughs> Well, so no, go, dude, you just don't know. It's fun, man. All right, I it's guess like a, you're strapped in for like four hours if it's a good group, and you know. I've shot like state with friends. Uh-huh. Um, state field. Yeah, I like hanging out with the people. I absolutely hate shooting my bow. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Dude. I, it, it drives me insane. Like I've never shot a decent field round in my life. Really? No, no. I didn't. Uh, I don't even know if I've stayed in the four fifties. Have to change that. I may have shot a four, f- like a, or what is it? Is it a five? Is it five fifty? Yeah. So I don't. I don't even know if I've stayed in the five forties. Uh-huh. Maybe I shot a five forty. Like that's my highest I've ever shot in a uh-huh. in a round. Like I've never ever shot it good. I'm good at, like one year I was good at animal rounds, and then every year after that I've sucked. Animal rounds are tough. You know I shot a five fifty nine. I know. Yeah. I just thought I'd slip that in. Oh, there. five. Oh, I guess it's out of five sixty. You're right. <laughs> five sixty would be perfect. I dropped one. Yeah, you. Uh, I got. I got good. decent at archery from shooting field and shooting indoor, and that's it. Nothing else. I got decent at archery. I think from. I want to say I think I got decent at archery from indoor. 
indoor will do it. 100%. Because that's how I had to get rid of my target panic. That's what I try to tell people that don't like indoor. I'm like, this is the best thing for your archery. I just want to tell everyone, like, this is the best thing for your archery. Shooting in a vacuum. 100%. It's all uh, repetitive. You have yeah. to build. And you basically build your whole form. If you can strip everything away to being now it's a mental, like, this shooting a 300 is like a mental thing, right? If your gear's not in your way. And, you know, the bow doesn't matter. The arrows doesn't, don't matter. Whatever kind of quiver you're wearing doesn't matter. It's all just a, a really mental thing to get out there and put down 300. Yeah. I think that's such an awesome place to be. You're in, like, a flow state, you know? And uh, I think if you can achieve that, you know, so many times during indoor, when you get to outdoor, everything's different. Everything's going to be, you know, pin's going to float slower. You're going to break shots better. You're going to... Uh, what you should be doing is you should be like, like all of indoor. It's like your foot position, um, you know, your grip, your, you know, how you're setting into your bow with your arm and your anchor point and, you know, how you're pulling through your shot. Your shot process. When you go out, outdoors, none of that should ever change. I mean, obviously your footing might have to be a little bit off, but you should never be like purposely trying to change it. You should always be trying to get to that same foot footing. Right. Um, but all of that, you should transfer right over to outdoors. There shouldn't be this, like, I know some people say they change their anchor. I don't know how they do that. I keep my anchor. Yeah, I keep my Like, there's some small little things. But for the most part, you should be taking everything you just did indoor and be putting it right to outdoor. Yep, I agree. And then, obviously, you're going to have to work on your uphill, downhill. It's going to hold a little different. Yep, third axis. But yeah, how you execute your that. shot, everything should be exactly the same. Yeah. And if you don't do any indoor, good luck in outdoor. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can do it, but you got to be sh- you got to be basically doing what we're doing indoors, but outdoors while we're doing indoors. Do you have your outdoor arrows built? Well, yeah, because I never fletch them, so what I are just you running? the Pro Tours X tens. Yeah. With what point weight? One twenty. Interesting. We got a dozen. I haven't done anything with yet. You ever thought about trying one tens? Or 100s? No. Koreans almost all shoot 100s. Out of the recurves? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna, I thought I could just like slip that in and not be questioned at all. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, no. Oh, I'm pretty man. sure that's recurves. I know Rubio ran 100 when he was lighting everything up. I think I'm going to try 110. It's all good. Uh, you know, they work. Seems like a lot of people are running 130 now, though. You know, when you start experimenting like that, tungsten gets real expensive. Yeah, well, yeah. that's why gold tip arrows are superior. Because they sell cheap components? No, no. no <laughs> they're, they're good. They'll last just as long, but you can adjust them. I Save I will money. I will admit, I will admit, I do like that system being able to change weights. Uh-huh. There are a lot of things that I like about different arrows that... But you know, if every arrow was the same, then what do you like from they the Black Eagles? Make. That focus system insert. Focus system insert. Yeah, it's like well, it's like a half. It's like a half out almost. Oh, oh. It's 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 for their it's, hunting arrow. Yes. It's How about for target? What do you like about them for target? Their tolerances and the spine consistency. Wah. I've spun them on the sp- on the spine tester, and the needle never moved. Yeah, I've seen some people do that too. And. I don't know, like like for an arrow that isn't like ridiculously expensive. I think re- like Revelations compared to an X10, mm-hmm. like um, I've noticed them being just as straight. Oh. Um, some of them. Like gold tips are pretty straight. 
I had a lot of people telling me that they weren't. I'd find a bunch that weren't straight or weight would be off. Yeah, I had that when I had gold tips. I have thirty arrows that are all identical. Yeah, I I've I've had that with gold tips. Um, the like they, the thing is they all weighed a little different. I don't know exactly like. I mean, I've had all my X10s weigh a couple, like a grain here and there, or half a grain, or whatever. My ACEs weighed a bunch different, but I shot them like for a whole season. Yeah, I'm, to to get them exact, dude, that's so hard. To get them within a grain of each other is re- actually right. really good. I don't um, think it matters. I, I don't think plus or minus I don't think, one grain matters. I don't think it it does either. But when you have like a spine that is just all over the chart, like the spine consistency around the arrow, yes, that. That can make a difference, and I noticed that a little bit when I was shooting the gold tips. I know, but well, I know some gold tip guys will bear shaft index. Yes. Yeah. But that's yeah, and that's the best way to do those. Yeah. Like, that's what I intend to do with mine. But I don't know if uh, if I can get a very good bear shaft index at twenty yards. I'm gonna have to go to like I, last time I did it with carbon ones. I did it at fifty yards. Yeah, I've known a lot of guys that just fletch them with a stiff side up too. Like that could work. I mean, just run them over a spine tester and, and yeah, and just mark mark it, or you put it in a press and press it a little bit in the uh-huh. with up two points in each side, and then it'll right. pop the stiff side up. Um, that could work too, you know, because you the the thing is is like the arrow is going to react different if you shoot weak side up versus stiff side up. Right. So if you're really trying to get like that pinpoint accuracy, you need them to do the same thing. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm lazy. So, like, a lot of the stuff I'm telling you guys is not everything I do. <laughs> I'm not lazy. I will actually bear shaft index a carbon arrow. Yeah, I, I will not. Yeah. Um, but you should easy, so you don't have to. I didn't say that. Uh-huh. I didn't say that. I think I think it's a good idea. If, if you are really, really caring about this, like, I feel like you need to, you need to do this. Uh, that stuff like Bear that, like all of that is going to probably boost your forgiveness a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. but like what I've talked to some pros about it, I'm like, does this matter? And they're like, they're like, yes, it helps. Uh huh. But is it going to increase your score at all? No. Correct. Like it will not make you shoot higher scores, but right. what it will do is make your arrows more forgiving you'll yeah. pick up more x's they'll shoot i think it would also rule out your arrows as questionable and and you know yeah and, as and far as if you make a, sh- a good shot that lands <coughs> funny you can rule your your arrows out you know? and i think it's confidence in your equipment too like if you spend all that time you know you know all about your equipment right. where like me like i don't know if i have good arrow or bad arrow until i shoot it and if it doesn't go in the middle it's a bad arrow right um I just don't have enough. I I don't want to spend enough time, dude. Working at a bow shop and doing all this for everybody else, like I am the most bare minimum guy for this stuff that you yeah, can find. Yeah, but you find. know, what, dude, you focus on what's important. Yeah, Which there's is actually shooting. Yeah, that's that's what I have a strong, the strong mindset of is like the mental game. I guess like I can shoot and, and stay strong mentally, uh-huh. and not have my equipment be an issue optimal. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Well, not even optimal, but like just not an issue. Yeah, not an issue. So like that high left hair or whatever, like. Well, I think I'm definitely gonna cr- crack open some of my mental game books. I think my mental game is not not what it should be. 
I don't know. I mean, you you definitely. I think you have a strong mental game. I mean, thank you. Thank you. You you pound out three hundreds at money shoots like and. If my mental game was stronger, you know, Lucky Dog wouldn't even have been a thing. It's like uh, Bodie Turner, right? His mental game must be a lockbox, you know. Yeah, but if he had a perfect mental game, he would have won Lancaster. Well, maybe Lancaster's what made him stronger to win Vegas. Maybe mm-hmm. they saw some holes there, and they were like, all right, look at This is where your mental game's weak. And that's what I'm saying. You almost have to fail to... Yeah, that's a good point. You almost have to fail and to take what you out. learn to figure it out. Like, yeah. that's that's the biggest thing. If you just went out and won everything, you'd never have to figure out how to, how to lose and handle right. that and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Like, dude, for the longest time, I lost everything. Uh-huh. Like every tournament I ever went to, I lost. I was like one of the worst shooters that signed up. Like if you looked at like, I mean, granted, I was still I was shooting young adult, but <laughs> if you threw my young adult class and the adult, I'd be like shooting in the C class, uh-huh. shooting f- safari. Gotcha. And then, like I learned what I had to do to figure that out. Yeah, well, look and at you now, man. Yeah, but I would never, I would never have done that if I was just crazy good and i think like even target panic right yeah. like i think people that never had target panic that just picked up a bow and started shooting good are going to struggle because they're going to get it at some point they will get it, it it's not and, and they might not recognize it as target panic but it will it will bite them it will rear up. one day they are going to get it uh-huh. and the thing is is they have no idea how to beat it right they have no idea they can listen to all the books and all the youtube yeah. videos you and shoot your way through it well, you, you have these steps, but yeah, you do have to shoot your way through it. There's no shortcut. You just have to be able to handle it. And, and like me, I've had target panic so bad I had to quit shooting. Uh-huh. And then you went back to And then going. I figured out how to do it. So for me, like if I ever punch and I get that target panic, like I don't stress about it. Like some people, it's like it's like their end all uh-huh. when they get it. They're like, I'm done. Targets, archery is not for me anymore. Uh-huh. Like I just can't do it anymore. Right. For me, I'm like... <laughs> Uh, I can get over this. Yeah, I know how to beat this. Yeah, Let's just it sucks. Yeah, because you won't be shooting what you used to, right. the top of your game for a while. It's not like you figure it out and a week later you're back to where you were. Uh huh. You have to break yourself back down. Yeah. And then rebuild, and then eventually, after months, maybe you start cracking where you were before. I think that's one thing that holds people back, is the unwillingness to break themselves down. Yeah. And start over. You know. I think it's a lot of ego. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of like, oh, you know, I did this before and this worked for me. You know, maybe that falls under ego, but it could also be that just they're just leaning on stuff that has worked in the past. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, which is fine. I mean, that still works, but I think everyone has to, uh, I think to, to continuously be shooting good, you have to reinvent yourself over and over again just to find out what works for that, that version of you in that moment. Yeah, because you're constantly changing all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not like every day I or every year I shoot I I shoot different. Yeah, every same. single year same. it's not the same. Style evolves. Yeah, and you have to learn to adapt to that. But yeah. you know, a lot of people, like when I say ego, like a lot of people shot at a certain level. Uh huh. Um. And when all of a sudden they get bit by that target panic or whatever it is, um, become a dad. Uh, get laid off at work. What, whatever that stress is in their life, whatever happens to them, they're not going to shoot to that ability anymore. And rather than understanding and wanting to 
like they instead of understanding that they can get back to where they were they just kind of like almost like pity themselves a little bit mm-hmm. like yeah. I'll never be what I used to anymore right. and this archery thing sucks and they almost give up on it I was pitying myself at the beginning of the season I was like I'm not going to be who I used to be but I you know I'm never going to blame archery for that the thing is you can't, you can't cuz the thing is you could you you, got, oh, you know I definitely did yeah that's <laughs> what I'm saying I'm so happy with my indoor season that you know what? I don't think I'll ever say that again I don't think I'll ever count myself out of it. No, you can always get back to where you are. It's just what steps do you have to take to get back to where you were? Do you you might have to work a little harder. Maybe you don't have to work as hard as some people. Not but only did I get back to where I was, but I did better. Yeah. So I'm extremely happy for that. Some people like oh, like like seeing like guys getting into the senior class. You start watching a lot of them drop off because their eyes aren't what they used to be. Uh huh. Like those guys probably will never shoot what they used to. Uh huh. They probably have days of like glory where they just shoot a ridiculously good sto- score for whatever reason, uh-huh. but there are physical things that are breaking down on them that you they. You don't think a proper clarifier setup can fix that? No. Man, that's I scary. don't. I don't because the thing about it is the higher the clarifier, the blurrier your pin is. But then you could shrink your aperture. Yeah, but then you lose your housing. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I guess and then, so. And then your muscles, you know, you're not as strong as you used to. You, yeah, I can see you know, that your, a big one. Is your the tendons are breaking down. I mean, the, you have to change your game. You can't, you as you, like I'm watching my dad as he's getting older, he has to change his game. Yeah. He cannot do what I'm doing. Right. Like he can't, he can't go run 15 ounces of weight on the front and 35 on the back and just think that it's golden. Right, right, right. He can't see like I can. Yeah. You know, he's he has to change his game right. to match it. And it sucks in that way because a lot of people feel like they shouldn't have to. They uh-huh. shouldn't have to. And yeah. and they lose that. Yeah, I, it, it's almost like a downer on them because they're like, man, I'm getting old. I have to change how I do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they fall out of it. Yeah, Like they're like, man, what I used to be able to do versus what I can now sucks. They kind of almost lose like the fun of the shooting the bow. Dude, well. So that's what I thought. Like um, when I started shooting a really light weight on my bars, I was like, "This is a sign that I'm probably on my way out." But the fact that it works so good, I'm like, "No, no, this is just a different way." It works for you and how yeah. you have to do it. It's a di- just a different way for me to do what I used to do. I, when I went to Spenceville um, last year, I tried to take all my weights from Vegas over. And it did not work. Like, I was shooting, like, baseball, like, basketball-sized groups at 60 yards practicing. I had to strip all of the weight off just so I could shoot it. Oh, so you had to go lighter. Way lighter. Like, I took over half the weight off my bow. Right, right, right. That makes sense. And that's just the way I had to shoot it to make it happen. Like, it it wasn't what I was used to shooting, but I had to adapt to shoot the way that I could. I really hope I don't have to take weight off my bow for outdoor. (laughs) I don't. I don't think you'll have You're to. Like one and two. I don't think you'll have to. I, it's just that girl, Liko. She's insane. She runs so much weight on her bow. Mm-hmm. It's not. She's probably got the same amount of weight you got. Probably more. It's it's crazy. Paige runs a lot of weight too. Really? She runs way more than I do. Interesting. There's something to it. Without a doubt, there's something to it. I yeah. I think it all just comes down to how much you can shoot. Like yeah. Like, you weren't shooting, when you were running a lot of weight, you were shooting all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. 
when I'm shooting a lot, I have to run a lot of weight because my muscles get stronger. My body gets used to the weight. Yeah. And yeah. then I have to, because then my pin starts moving more and uh-huh. I can't settle. So I have to run more weight to calm that. Yeah. But the thing is, is if you don't shoot, you have the opposite effect. You know, your pin starts moving a lot, but not because you're, you're stronger. It's because you're weaker mm-hmm. and you have to pull the weight off to get the pin to come back. Right. And so when you're not shooting a lot, like you weren't, when, you know. That's how I feel right now. Well, the thing is, even when I started shooting a lot, maybe it's because of my age, but it didn't uh, it didn't get to the point where I was tacking weight on. The last thing I did was take one more ounce off. Yeah, I I always have to tack it on. I don't know why. Yeah. I just start, no, I just start getting stronger. It could be because you're younger. Well, or it could it, also be the way I shoot. It could also be something as little as, like, draw length on that bow. Say for an instance that I just happen to have that drawing set up longer than usual, and just don't know about it, you know, could be something as simple as that. I know when I ran a lot of weight, I I would kind of shorten up my drawing a little more so I could be a little more aggressive. I feel like there's a a perfect stopping point. Like there's a point when I stop building weight, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like there's ever a, a spot that I like it's a perfect weight. Right. Like I could put down my bow, yeah, I don't think it'll and pick it perfect. up in a month, and it be as good as it was if I shot my bow every day for a month. Uh huh. There's no way. Right. But right. eventually, as I'm shooting, you know, you get to that weight that it just, you just don't need to add any more, take any off. Yeah. But I think there's always that building. Like I'll probably take a bunch off going into outdoor. I'll probably strip it all off. Uh huh. Start over. And then I'll probably build up to what I am now through the outdoor season, if not more weight. Right. And then it'll stop when I'm done. So you're going to do Spenceville? I'm going to try, yeah. And that's in two weeks? It's on the 20th, yeah. Damn. I really want to. I, I think re- it's going to take me at least a week to bear shaft index everything and then a week to fletch everything. I'll have all my outdoor stuff set up in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I got paper tune shit. I don't paper tune anything. Uh, well, of course. You shoot a Hoyt. What's the point? Yeah. You're just going to break your heart anyway. I know. <laughs> That's why I stopped caring. God, dude, it's, it's kind of like stick your head me. in the sand. It's killing me to see how many Hoyts are just crushing it right now. Yeah, I know. Imagine we if you, you probably would have won Lucky Dog if you were shooting a Hoyt. <laughs> no. Yeah. I got beat by someone shooting a PSE on top of it. I know, but if you had a Hoyt, you Yikes. probably would have won. You yeah, know? I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. People on top shooting Hoyts. I, I don't know. Nuts. Not a coincidence. No. Uh, anyway. Awesome, we're at an hour and eleven. You want to go get some food before we get on this airplane? Yeah, I guess we go get go get some snacks. Let's go get a bagel, dude. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. This is the this is the day after day three of Vegas. We had a hell of an adventure. We shot really good, and now we're coming back home to practice and get ready for the next one. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm getting ready for work. Oh yeah. If you guys want to uh, put Austin to work, he will be at West Coast Archery in Petaluma. Starting on Wednesday, I'll yep. be there. Get in there. Ask Come say all the questions. In fact, if you're going to send me a message on Instagram, uh, instead you can uh, send it to a underscore WhatsApp. What's up? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> What's up on Instagram? Or just go into West Coast and ask Austin. He's there all day. Yep. Either way, it'll. Uh, you can get a hold of me. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening.